Today's arthropod can be found outside during the summer and fall, lying in wait for its next prey item. It also happens to be the state insect for my home state of Connecticut. Can you guess what it is? Today's arthropod can be found outside during the summer and fall, lying in wait for its next prey item. It also happens to be the state insect for my home state of Connecticut. Can you guess what it is? Today's adventure takes us to the world of the European mantis. As I mentioned in the introduction, the European mantis is the state insect of Connecticut. I find this to be a little funny because this insect is not native to Connecticut or even the United States. As their name suggests, they are native to Europe. From my research, it appears that this mantis species, which is one of over 2,000 in the world, was brought to the United States somewhere between 1899 and the early 1900s. It appears that the first introduction of the mantis was accidental, but it ended up being somewhat beneficial. You see, it was during this time that gypsy moth caterpillars were wreaking havoc all over the place. The moths, larvae, or caterpillars, were ravaging over 300 different species of trees here in North America, leaving many of them without leaves, which can have a huge impact on the way a tree grows. Once the European mantis made its way here, it almost immediately started to feed on these caterpillars. This made a lot of people very happy as the gypsy moths were not well liked for obvious reasons. I did read contradicting points that spoke about the benefit of this mantis and about whether or not it did a great job destroying or eradicating the gypsy moths as these arthropods are just as well to eat their own kind as they are to eat anything else. Their scientific name is Mantis religiosa. The name mantis was taken from the Greek word for diviner or prophet. This is a nod to the manner in which the mantis sits, with its hands folded almost like it's praying, which also plays into its common name, the praying mantis. Again, I said hands folded, but I hope you understand it's an insect and doesn't have hands. The second part of its scientific name, religiosa, translates to religious or pious, which again is a play on the posture of this stoic arthropod. These are truly one of my favorite creatures, and I'm willing to bet that we will even debunk a few myths along the way. But first, let's get to those beautiful looks. They are typically bright green in color, but can also range into different shades of green and brown. They can grow to reach upwards of six inches or more and would fit nicely in the palm of your hand. When we get to the rest of their body features, you'll be able to tell that this arthropod was made for the kill, meaning that it is a ferocious predator with many defining characteristics that make it very adapted for eating other arthropods. Their head resembles an upside down triangle with two large eyes appearing at the top two corners, with three simpler eyes in between. For a total of, you guessed it, two plus three equals five, five eyes. 
This head has the ability to swivel around 180 degrees, which gives the mantis an incredible view of the world. This means if you're flying around it or think you can creep up on it, then you're sadly mistaken. Their two large eyes are what's called a compound eye. A compound eye is like one big eye made up of lots of smaller ones. They are made up of something called omatidia, which contains these sensory receptors. These eyes, specifically the mantis, are made up of over 10,000 of these omatidia, or smaller eyes, that are just fantastic focusing in on potential prey items. This amazing eyesight is just one of the many great features that make the European mantis a formidable hunter. As most insects do in their adult stage, they have six legs, but the first pair have been adapted to grab and snatch things, while the second two pairs are used for moving around. Again, the first pair are a little thicker and larger and bend almost like your elbows do. We talked about that praying motion. I want you to picture taking your elbow up and then just letting your hand dangle. Almost looks like that. These grasping legs, which truly do act more like hands, are serrated at the end. Think like a bread knife or uh, sharp points, jagged little edges hanging out. Uh, on the mantis, these are called tibial spines, and they are wonderful if you're trying to snatch something out of the air and hold it in place while you eat it alive, typically from the head down. Now, these legs will extend out, so I want you to picture pushing your elbow out, your hand straight, and then bringing that tibial spines, crunching it right down right through the other arthropods exoskeleton. Their thorax is skinnier, which tapers out to a much larger abdomen. It's here where you will want to look if you're trying to figure out the sex of the mantis. The abdomen will be a dead giveaway if it's a male or a female. This was something new that I learned. The females have fewer segments on their abdomen than the males. Females will have six while the males will have eight. The last segment on a female is also much larger than that of the male. It is easier to see this difference when they are much older um, in their instars, which we'll get to, and especially when they're adults, it's much easier to see. They are also the proud owner of an ear. I know it sounds strange and it's going to get a little stranger because it's not located where you might think. You see, this ear is actually located just above the bottom pairs of legs. From what I could find, it appears the ear does not hear very well, and it's not exactly understood how it's used. But if a potential prey is close enough, they might be able to hear it. But again, nobody's sneaking up on the mantis with their amazing eyesight. If you've ever tried to catch one, you know and understand this. The last part of their voraciousness that I want to discuss is actually part of a myth. I remember growing up always hearing that the female mantis bites the head off the male 
when they are done mating. While this does happen, it does not occur all of the time. And from the research I've done, this happens less often than you would think. Somewhere between 13 to 29% of the time, which is a very small percentage. And some research has shown that the females may do this in order to gain some added nutrients for her soon-to-be offspring. So again, the female may bite the head off the male, either before, during, or after mating, in which case the male is still able to give the female his genetic material. And I did find through my research that even some males do get the upper hand occasionally on the female. The female usually lays her eggs just before winter. Her egg mass uh, will host about several hundred eggs at once. But again, as we've learned, things that lay that many eggs, most of them die before reaching adulthood. She will attach her egg sac, which is called an uthika. This uthika will attach to a tree or a branch or a bush and the egg case is specially designed to withstand the hard winter because these eggs will stay in there a little until the warmer weather comes in the spring. Out of the eggs will hatch the mantis nymphs. This is not your typical insect with its egg larva pupa adult, but we have talked about many arthropods on this podcast who do go from egg to nymphs. Initially, they will immediately begin to eat each other. As we've talked about before, the arthropod world is a dog-eat-dog kind of place, meaning that, well, there's no love lost for each other. The cannibalistic nature will never go away, as even adults, they are known to eat one another. After hatching and eating, the nymphs will go through many instars, which hopefully you remember from many of our other episodes are just growing stages that some insects go through. Each instar ends with the mantis molting, which again just means that it sheds its own skin because it's growing, just like you and I grow. And with every instar, it gets more and more like its adult self. Once they have gone through their instars, they will have reached adolescence where they will still molt until reaching adulthood towards the beginning of the summer. Remember, they hatched in the spring when it's warm. Although the molting is less frequent at this time, regardless of their size during adolescence, they are vulnerable while molting, as they are not able to move as quickly or get away from potential predators. And when something is freshly molted, if you remember back to our blue crabs, their exoskeleton is very soft. Once they have become an adult, their life cycle will start over. One last thing I had to mention about the European mantis has more to do about my home state of Connecticut. Since it's our state insect, I always remember being told that it was illegal to kill them. And not only was it illegal, but if you did it and you were caught, you'd be fined lots of money or even put into jail. Let's please debunk this right now. In no way, shape, or form is this correct. It is the state insect, but it is not illegal to kill. But please don't kill them because they are beautiful creatures and could be potentially helpful in your garden as they do eat pests. But again, 
They are opportunistic hunters and will just as likely eat the beneficial arthropods. I want to end today's episode with a story. As a child, we would go pick our Christmas tree out and hand cut it every year. One year, we found a mantis egg sack on the tree. We were told to take it home and put it back outside in the spring so it could hatch and go through its normal life cycle. Well, in about February, the nymphs inside decided that they were ready and hatched. And it wasn't just one. A whole swarm of nymphs emerged from the egg sack and covered the entire wall above my stairs. It was like watching a sea of darkness emerge from this egg. It's a memory that I will never forget. So the next time you stumble across this silent predator in waiting, enjoy its poised beauty. Watch it sway in the breeze while waiting for its next meal to happen by. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have an arthropod you would love to hear about, want to tell me what you think about the show, or found a mistake, please send me an email at arthropodadventurespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay inquisitive and never stop learning. Your fun fact about me today is one I mentioned before that I love to write poetry. So today, I thought I would add one here that I wrote about the mantis. It's entitled The Mantis. It's also written in a haiku style. Faithful warrior, waiting patiently for now, praying and swaying. Camouflaged hunter, poised and silent predator, primed for the attack. Stereo vision, independently searching, eyes targeting in. Lightning reflexes, snatching prey out of midair. Tibial spines lock, mandibles munching, tearing and rendering flesh, devouring prey. Thank you for listening.